Heads up. This episode, Sebastian and John rage about beefy dudes, VHS collections, and hungry Vikings as we return to Here's Why It's Great. folks and welcome back to here's why it's great the podcast where we take what you hate and tell you why it's great i am your host john bring and with me as always is sebastian kadlecik hello it's me yes and we're back we're back after a small hiatus of about two three years (laughs) and uh nothing really has happened in the world nothing since As if time stopped. Yeah. I think the last time we recorded together was May of 2019, and definitely no big changes in the world have happened since then. (laughs) No. Everything's still exactly the same. Your life is exactly the same. Uh Uh-huh. And my life is also exactly the same. Yes. Nothing has improved or worsened. Yep. So, great. Now that that's out of the way, we are back indeed. (laughs) Uh, It is the return of Here's Why It's Great. And appropriately, we're doing another return. We're covering another return. Yes. The Incredible Hulk returns. Hell yeah. Just as we return. But so much has changed. Do you want to talk about what's happened? Sure. Absolutely. Probably not with the world because it's depressing. But what's happened with us. Yeah. We've had life changes. Originally, we had gone on our, our partnership of the podcast had gone on hiatus. I thought. I thought I was having a child. I did have a child, but I always intended. <laughs> you thought to... you were having a child, but then it actually happened. It, it turns out it was true. Cool. Um, so I had a baby, and um, the idea was always that, like, oh, I take a brief hiatus and then come back just to spend some time with the baby and come back. And then I guess we have to address what happened with the world because then we had a pandemic and yeah. just never came back. Uh, and you fighting the good fight did do a few episodes. And yeah. I did. Uh, the last episode, uh, you know, was just during a depressing time and it was a tough time for everybody. And it just didn't quite feel right to keep trying to to record the podcast during kind of difficult times. So we took uh, another break and I really and truly like both of our lives changed a lot over the last couple of years. Uh, when we got into this, we were both writing partners, yep. uh, writing for television, and we have since had a split, but it was a completely amicable thing and and i think we've we are both of our careers have sort of rocketed since then so it was clearly the best thing for both of us uh we both bought houses yeah since then, which has been really fun and and challenging and uh yeah you obviously you start you went on hiatus to have a, a baby and now he's much more than a baby he's yeah. he's like a toddler i guess yeah now. and yeah he's a toddler he's, he started preschool uh which is crazy i mean yeah i mean just to think back like he was a, about to be born when we recorded the last episode, like, like days last, before. Yeah, it was 10 days before was when we posted the, the last episode that the two of us did, which was Space Camp. Which yeah, which go, was killer. Go back and check it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then now he's, you know, he's toddling. Well, he's running around. He's in, he uh, is in preschool and we just moved into a new house. And it's just like insane to think back of everything that happened in the world, but also us. Like you said, like we, when we started this, we were writing partners and we were like, we just want to do something and put it out there and like really collaborate and do something tangible. And now after our, as you said, amicable uh, parting of ways, everything has gone really well. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean we've been, we've had some success in, in film and television and 
Um, it's but everything, something always felt unfinished about this podcast. I like, agree because we always had planned on coming back together. It was like a rubber band that just kept uh, getting pulled, but then never snapped back together. So we decided we had to come back and do some episodes together to kind of finish this thing off. Agreed. Full disclosure, last year, Sebastian reached out to me around the same time last year and said, you know what? It's the rubber band that hasn't snapped back. Let's <laughs> do it. Let's do a run of episodes just to finish it out, to say that we like have a full, complete thing. And there's still there's a couple of episodes that we've always wanted to do, the one that we're recording now is one of them that you've been on since basically oh, yeah. we started. And you sent me this thing at the beginning of last year and I was like, yeah, let's absolutely do it. But I had just moved into a new house and it was a few months of, uh, you know, putting things together and it just never came together. And as things do, and I feel like we got together with the intention of recording once or twice and yeah. just, we ended up just chit chatting the entire time and just like, catching up and laughing and, and doing what we normally do, but not recording it instead yeah. of recording it. So uh, I'm glad that we're here now. And then again, yes, uh, you then you <laughs> jump back into it this year and you said, hey, uh, I updated the list again of <laughs> the things we should do. Uh, so even though, you know, I've sort of like carried the torch for a while, you are the reason we are sitting here today. And I couldn't be happier to be back doing this with you. It's always been such a joy. You know, the world is still a challenging, dark, tough place but i think you know light is little little by little creeping in and and let's add a little bit to it absolutely as, as we go through absolutely our purpose was always to put something positive out um there's so much negative stuff out there's so many it's it's easy to uh you know critique and tear stuff down and people are always telling you why the things you love are stupid so here's our chance to once again say why we think they're great yeah and today is such a good example of oh that with uh, my goodness uh, it's a it's a show well it's not even a show it's a tv movie a beloved 1970s early 80s tv series the incredible hulk and i'm actually gonna i'm gonna let seb handle this because i am not a hulk guy i'm not an incredible hulk guy i'd never really watched the show so give us the rundown about dr david banner mm -hmm. and his trials and travails and what led us to return of the incredible hulk Sure. So the Incredible Hulk TV show was a little early for us. Like it was a little before us. I actually, I, that's not what I grew up on was the show. But Superman and the Hulk were my two favorite characters as a kid. And be they in the comics and cartoons and movies, I, those are my two, still to this day, my two favorite characters. So as a kid, I remember seeing the Incredible Hulk TV show a couple episodes here and there, I, I guess on reruns or whatever. And what I grew up loving were these TV movies. So, of course, the story of um, David Banner in the TV show. Um, I think he is still David Bruce Banner, uh, but not... Yeah, uh, according to his tombstone at the beginning of the movie, yes, it's David Bruce Banner. That's right, yes. Um, good eye. Good eye for detail. But so his TV show ran, I think it was late 70s, early 80s. Uh, I think it ended in 82... Um, and this movie is in 1980, uh, was done in 1988. So there was a six year difference. And I was so stoked for this movie. Like I remember seeing the trailer on television. I recorded it off TV on, the, oh, yeah. uh, on a VCR and I watched it so many times. My mom actually was like, you, you need to stop. You need to watch a different movie. This is insane. But we just had so little superhero stuff yeah. back then. Like there was just nothing. There was like the Superman. There was, a, you know, eventually Batman. But at this time, it was just like I was so stoked to see the Hulk, who obviously I was familiar with from from what bit of the show I did see. Um, 
And of course, the show was iconic. I mean, everybody, even if you've never seen an episode of the show, you know the basic ingredients of like, he's a tortured, uh, full of pathos individual who's trying to rid himself of this monster within the Incredible Hulk. And every episode ends with him hitchhiking, going on to the next town. There have been maybe two Hulk outs (laughs) during the episode where he's uh, trying to uh, save somebody in a town or right a wrong or there's some injustice. He hulks out, saves the day, and then moves on to the next town. Um, And as a guy who, just to interject for one sec, as a guy who never watched the show, I, I definitely saw clips and certainly as an adult I've seen clips. But to my knowledge, this show is, yes, hitchhiking from town to town, helping somebody, much like Kane and Kung Fu, mm-hmm. which is just the structure of a lot of those types of shows at mm-hmm. the time. And he would uh, usually bend some sort of metal, like bend <laughs> like prison bars or something like that. Mm-hmm. He would bust through walls. Mm-hmm. He was real big on like picking up the end of a car so you couldn't mm-hmm. drive away. And then uh, I feel like throwing, a lot of throwing guys. Like yes. throws a lot of guys. A lot of throwing a lot of slow motion running. Yeah. These are all the effects that were available at that time right, period. Right, right. So you could bend bars, you could lift cars. I guess and... Six Million Dollar Man had happened, and like that was like all slow mo. Was yes. all the which is another show I really haven't watched, but I know obviously the sound effect and the slow mo. So yeah. they were like that. We're gonna we're gonna just use that. Yeah, yeah. I guess I kind of watched all of those shows in the you know mid to late eighties or whatever that were um, into the nineties, but but that were. Uh, like used the slow motion that used the like jumping it was a like whoa they can jump really high right. or, that was um, a big moment in this one actually yeah uh, where he like does it like a i mean that was actually a pretty legitimate jump he jumped from probably what 20 stories or something like yeah. that yeah yeah pr- you know it's impressive back in the day when they would actually just have a guy jump off of a building kind of like the the Hans Gruber's fall yes. off of Nakatomi Plaza. Yeah. Such an impressive fall. And yeah. it's like back when you, you know, you had the big, either the big uh, blow up mat or yeah. they had like a bunch of cardboard boxes piled up, which I imagine that would have hurt like hell yeah, to land man. on. A, that would have been tough. I've fallen on cardboard boxes and it's not fun. It does not feel great. Yeah. But yeah, so he would do a lot of jumping. And, yes. Yeah. Very exciting stuff. Uh, everything that was within the budget. But yeah, but I mean, also because we didn't see a lot of stuff, we didn't have all the special effects that are available now. Yeah. We hadn't seen all the stuff that um, has been seen now. So those types of things for me as a kid, and we talked about this watching the movie, like Lou Ferrigno looks like a monster. Like oh, he's yeah. a huge individual. Um, he's insanely buff. And I think he's he is like 6'5". And of course he looks bigger with all these shorter actors and stuff right. around him. And running in slow motion, everything looks just like bigger and heavier. He's just an impressive looking and scary looking guy. And they they put a, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like stuff on his face. Prosthetics. Prosthetics, yeah. thank you. On, on his face for his forehead and his nose and stuff. And he truly looks like a monster. Oh, yeah, for sure. So as a kid, I was like, whoa, that's impressive and scary and awesome and cool. I have a question. You're obviously a Hulk guy, as you yeah. mentioned. Did you like the Hulk before the show, or did the show the show end up making you a Hulk? I think lover? the show made me a Hulk lover okay. because I had caught you know I watched all those shows um, when I would be at when my grandma would babysit me or whatever like I'd watch Chips and Dukes of Hazard and uh, Bionic Man and and I, I think that's where I first saw episodes of the Hulk too is Got it. they would show all those older shows yeah and um, 
I just loved that when his eyes would go white and he would turn into the Hulk and they have that big, epic sweeping music. That was it for me. Like that, I was like, this is amazing. Well, let me just say, we're, we're not going to run through the movie beat by beat. Cause like go watch it. Like truly it, it was like $3 on Amazon prime to rent. And it was such a delight. We finished it and I was like, wow, that was so easy and breezy. And that was such a fun watch. Every time, so every single time he hulks out, and this is me not being a big fan of the show, like, A, I got weirdly nostalgic because they've, like, done that moment in so many Hulk properties since then. Mm -hmm. I think everyone is always going to be chasing. Certainly Edward Norton was in The Incredible Hulk, which you can go back and listen to our Incredible Hulk episode once upon (laughs) a time. But he was chasing the show. But every time David Banner's eyes would go white and you knew it was time to Hulk out, I got like so thrilled and I got like a tinge, of, like a hit of nostalgia, yeah. weirdly, which is so yeah. strange for somebody who didn't watch the show and has almost no attachment to the show whatsoever. But I think that speaks to like what an incredible um, impact it's had on popular culture and on sure. culture and, and how even though you didn't watch the show and even though I only watched some of the show, I grew up on these movies, just you, it's been parodied so much. It's been yeah. referenced so much. It is a thing of like this sort of nostalgia that even if you didn't watch it religiously, you still feel it when it oh, happens. Yeah, I, I was I felt very strange feeling such pangs of nostalgia for something I had never really watched. It was crazy. I, I, it, it was just it was just it's really good storytelling. Yeah. The, the eyes turning white and you and you know it's coming every time because he's always his face is hidden <laughs> and he does a dramatic turn and he's doing the bug eyes and he's making the same face. And you know what's going to happen, but every time it is, it's like, oh shit, here we go. And, I mean, part of the reason we're doing these is I think these movies have been... They, they were hugely successful on uh, what what network was it NBC NBC yeah. uh, they were hugely successful for NBC so like people liked them at the time but I think they've just been the show's been as you said parodied a million times I think these TV movies have been made fun of a lot in the subsequent years like for instance like I remember a few years ago there was an honest trailer about these three movies mm. and honest trailers exist to kind of raz things it, lovingly. But still, um, so that's why we're talking about this is, is like something that could be seen as cheesy and uh, dorky on the surface. Uh, maybe I'm just a cheesy, dorky guy because it, <laughs> it hit me in all the right places. And especially every time he became the Hulk, yeah. it was so effing cool. Yeah. And I, I think that kind of to your point, like maybe I'm a cheesy, dorky person as well. And I absolutely have the nostalgia. So every time he was about to Hulk out, I have seen this movie a million times. I did my best to not <laughs> quote every line as we were going. Uh, however, half a time when, when they would do like a, a swish of the hand or some gesture, <laughs> I would see Seb off to the side doing the gesture along with David Banner on the screen. It was very funny and very charming. I, I couldn't help but um, physicalize what was that was happening. <laughs> but yeah, I and I used to quote so many of those lines just even around the dinner table. Like Thor has a line that's, uh, my stomach is twisted around my spine. I want it full. And I would say that at the dinner table and my family thought it was charming. I don't know if everybody realized what I was referencing, but mm-hmm. I said it nonstop. And now they all know that line. If like nine-year-old Sebastian was saying that, I bet that was freaking adorable. <laughs> well, I think also 20-year-olds. I just kept <laughs> right, saying it. Right. Um, but there's there's a lot of lines in there that I just love. And I think Thor is so great, but we, we can talk about him in a second. But yeah. like for the Hulk, yes, there's so much nostalgia for me because I love the Hulk. I love this show. I love this movie. But 
I think it's so effective. As dramatic as it is, I think Bill Bixby is still my favorite banner. Wow. He's got so much, closely followed by Ruffalo, but he's my favorite banner. And he's he's got so much. You can just see he's like carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. Yes. You can tell that he wants to be just rid of this problem and this plague that he's been carrying around that's been ruining his life. You know, And if you watch the original uh, pilot movie, his whole thing to want to to even do this experiment it's not like in the comics where there's a gamma bomb his he does this to himself he experiments on himself because he was not able to access the adrenaline in a moment of um danger to save i think it was his wife or his girlfriend from this burning car Mm -hmm. meanwhile there's all these uh examples of like mothers that are able to do that there's people that are able to tap into this inner strength this superhuman strength and do these amazing things. And he's like, I want to tap into that. He's chasing this demon basically mm-hmm. of like, I failed at this. I need to make it better. And he ends up making his whole life worse. Right. And you can see that on Bill Bixby that he's just like, even when he's like, don't make me angry. It's not threatening. He's like, please don't make me angry. Like, yeah. I don't want this to happen. I don't want to become this thing. And that's what I think is so marvelous about it is it's, him being like constantly just to himself, like I must not lose control. Like he's really trying to not let this monster outside of him to do you a favor so that you don't get hurt. And so that it doesn't blow up everybody's life. And so when he finally does like get thrown against something or gets pushed against something or in the TV show, something as small as like, he didn't have change for a telephone. (laughs) What? He was like, they were like, you need to put more money. And he was like, I don't have it. And he hulked out. (laughs) Wow. There's some pretty incredible Hulk outs in the, I have the whole series on, on DVD now. So Mm -hmm. like I had been going through it and I have a like book that has all the episodes. So I I am a geeky dork uh, Hulk nerd, but aren't we all, but I do think that transformation is so effective because it, he truly looks like he's possessed in that moment when he spins around. There's a great Hulk out in incredible Hulk returns where he's got his love interest, Maggie Shaw over his shoulder and he gets hit by a dart and he like spins around and there's a helicopter nearby. So like his hair is flowing. The music is swelling. His eyes go white and he just smashes through this window. But that moment where he's like gritting his teeth and he's just like, it looks like he's becoming possessed. A monster's coming out of him. And then the, you to see what I think is the most effective for me is that sort of Jekyll and Hyde transformation where you don't see it. You see his clothes rip. Mm-hmm. You see, like, I actually prefer that to the modern day. Um, and this isn't just like, in my day. I actually think it's a very effective yeah. to not see a CGI human man yeah. turn into a large green man. I think it's mo- scarier well, to see his clothes rip. It's the Wolfman. It's just doing yes, a Wolfman exactly, transformation exactly. where it's like a monster is coming out. This is not fun. This is not like cool. This is scary. And I, I, I also like Ruffalo as the Hulk. I think that them turning him into Smart Hulk is uh, we're kind of losing something fun about the character, which is like yeah. the rage and the monster. We haven't had that monster since Age of Ultron. And yeah. so I, I miss it. And seeing Same. this... And watching those transformations, and like it's not quite as ex- as excruciating as say American Werewolf in London, sure. but it it really felt that same way. And again, it, it was exciting every time. Yeah. It when you saw those clothes ripping, and I'm, maybe it got repetitive on the TV show. I don't know. You could speak to that better than I could. It did not feel repetitive at all, even though it was pretty much the same beat for beat transformation in this uh, TV movie about I don't know five or six times. Yeah. 
it was fucking awesome every yeah. single time. And it is because of that. Yeah. The, the monsters coming out. Yeah. This is going to be like a terrifying moment for everybody else around you. And also uh, a great deal of like pain. It feels like for banner. Yeah. Like when, when, like you said, that man possessed when he turns around and the eyes are white, it's like, Oh fuck. Like I have to go through this again. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is going to hurt like hell. It's great. It's, yeah. I love it. He sells it when he, the way he grits his teeth and you just see like everything on his face. Like, it, it, he even makes at certain Hulkouts this sort of like ah, like yeah. noise, and it, to me that's just like so frightening and awesome at the same time. In the Hulk TV show, they had different versions of Hulkouts. Like there were some that worked better and some that didn't. There was, I remember one for one of them. They actually did that sort of old school Wolfman transition where mm-hmm. it's like they lock off the camera and it's like and he's like, a man, and then there's exactly the other, yeah. they dissolve from one thing into the next, which doesn't really work. Yeah, but. The, my favorites are where you just see the ripping clothes or what they also did in one of the Hulkouts in this TV movie was you see his eyes go white and then they cut to what's happening with the bad guys. Yeah, I loved that one. And then they cut back and he just like rises, he rises from, from behind the bad guy. Yeah, that, and was, that was I thought that was so sick where he's just like the guy turns around. And this is a world where these things don't exist. Like this is a world that's not populated by all of the superheroes that are in the Marvel universe. Yeah. This is this is a world which I also like about the original Superman, where it's like there's one guy right. and everybody's reacting because then you get like as in this movie, you get all of these people that are just terrified of what is this? Uh, what is yeah. this? All those mercs go running immediately. Yeah. They're terrified of him. Yeah. And and with good reason, he chases after them in slow motion, <laughs> and like he looks scary, and yeah. like I wouldn't fuck with that guy yeah. if I were if I were them. So I can't blame them. I was uh, a little surprised, and I'm gonna say it, a little disappointed to find out that uh, Hulk was not bulletproof. Oh yeah, in this yeah. world, uh, which you know they. It's sort of like a Superman situation. Like you have to depower him. Yeah. One for the TV budget, and two, there's got to be something. Like you know, he even gets shot with a trank dart that like kind of takes him out of commission for a good minute or two. Yeah. He shrugs it off eventually, but you know the fact that a dart can go into can pierce the skin was like, oh man, that's you know kind of disappointing because obviously the Hulk that we know in the Marvel universe yeah. can shrug off any of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I think that like. Honestly, now having seen the Eric Bana, the Bill Bixby, uh, Edward Norton, and now Mark Ruffalo, Bixby might be my favorite Banner. Oh, yeah. Even even if his name is David, which I'm kind of annoyed <laughs> by. But I think that he just has this, like, gravitas. And like you said, the weight of the world is on his shoulders. In the scenes when he's not the Hulk, he was extremely compelling mm-hmm. as Banner. I was never impatient for the Hulk to show up. In fact, it made it all the more sweet when the Hulk did show up that they took their time with it because, but Banner was just as compelling as the Hulk, if not more compelling because I feel like Bixby fucking killed it, man. Like he acted the shit out of that part. And what is a pretty simple movie story wise? There's not a lot of big turns. He's got one thing that he wants to do. He wants to, well, he starts, he wants, he finally has the contraption that's going to cure him of the Hulk. But this old acquaintance of his Donald Blake shows up and he has a Thor problem, which we're going to get into <laughs> Thor eventually, believe me. So he's got this problem where all of a sudden the machines messed up and then there's mercenaries and there's like corporate bullshit going on. But like, you know, he, I don't know. He just holds it together. He holds the whole fucking thing together in such a beautiful way. Bill Bixby does and, and really just sells every single banner moment and and also the fact that like at the end of the movie his girlfriend is captured Mm -hmm. under lock and key 
There's a bunch of mercenaries with AR-15s, and he's still afraid to release the Hulk. He still yeah. doesn't want to Hulk out. Like yeah. that is is yeah. just like I don't, I don't. I think that's really good storytelling. Yeah. I think that he sold it because in a Marvel movie, it's like, all right, time for the third act. Like yeah. even if the Hulk is a monster, like got to do what we got to do, you know. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens in the Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton. Yeah, like he doesn't want to, but eventually he unleashes the beast. Yeah, to, he's like, I'll aim it or whatever. But yeah. that's what I think is great about this one, as you said, is that like he's still in that moment is like maybe we should call the police. Like maybe there's another way of doing this without me hulking out, which I think that's, I think you're right. That's such great storytelling. And it's an accident that he hulks out. He still doesn't deliberately yes. do it. Yeah. His, um, the brother of the guy who, yada, yada, yada. The, the like, corporate <laughs> stooge that set this whole thing into motion. Uh, his brother, he apparently dies off screen and his brother shows up to get revenge. What actually happens to the brother? Cause he jumps out of the, the car, which, which triggers Bruce to, or sorry, not Bruce, David to Hulk out. What happens to that guy? Does he just, oh, does he die? That's a good question. I guess for the sequel, which we will be covering <laughs> next. Yeah. Uh, I, that's a good question. I don't ever even gave that guy another thought because he was just, man. He, yeah. I think he got knocked out. Okay. And so then when everything was over, he was like, what happened? And everyone had to fill him And in. then the reporter who's been after Hulk this whole time was like, you must have seen him. And he's like, I can't remember. My memory is foggy because exactly. I have a concussion now. I saw something, I think. I think, but yeah. I can't be trusted. Yeah. Uh, we should have played that guy. <laughs> you and me together should have uh, somehow played him together. Back in uh, 1988 when I was but seven years old. <laughs> uh, it, it could work. It could but work. I, yeah, so Bixby... Top top marks, man. Like oh. that was just great. And I'm excited. It makes me excited to watch future movies. Not. I do also know that Daredevil's in. I think the next one, right? Yes, next Trial one, of the Incredible. Tri- and Daredevil, you're a Hulk guy. I'm like a Daredevil. I'm so excited to watch that with you because I know you're such a Daredevil oh, guy. Love it. Love Daredevil. Spider Man and Daredevil are kind of my Hulk and Superman. I mean, I have a couple others like Nightcrawler is another big one. But like, if I had to really just say like the two superheroes that define me the most would be Spidey and Daredevil. And I am so very stoked to see Matt Murdock come to the screen in the, that old movie. But uh, so let's talk about Mr. Thor. Yes. It's funny because while we were watching it, you asked me if like as a kid I was I was annoyed that there was so much time given to Thor. If I was like, where's Hulk? Where's Hulk? But that movie, I feel, moves so well. And you get a lot of Hulk outs in that movie. Yeah. Like you, like you said, I think you get like five at least Hulk outs in the movie, which is a lot like you wouldn't expect that and it and it moves fairly deliberately uh, not slow but but the pacing is is such in the beginning like my favorite scene is as you're talking about bill bixby is where he's talking to himself on the i'll get to thor i'll bring it back yeah, yeah, yeah. but where he's talking to um he's like recording on a little uh tape recorder that he's about to do this experiment where he's going to reverse hopefully his hulk problem and so he's sitting in front of this gamma ray and uh, you know, harkening back to the original series where he mm-hmm. first blasted himself and it, it's pretty slow like like the countdown is slow the music is epic i love the music oh, in we're, that gonna, we're definitely going to talk it's about like, the, dum, the dum, score dum, dum, dum. and it's just like the, the the drum is going like i'm just like i think that's so compelling but him standing him sitting there rather with that that gamma ray pointed at him as the build, I think they wouldn't do that today. Like it was kind of, it was too much time for him just sitting there looking at it. But you just see him looking at this potential cure and just like, I might die. I might be cured. 
everything is worth it in this moment. And that I think just speaks so much to Bill Bixby oh, yeah. being phenomenal. Oh yeah. I love his every once in a while, he would glance to the timer and it would mm-hmm. get to like 14 seconds. And it, there'd be like, like you'd see just a glimmer of fear mm-hmm. on his face. What you were saying, like this could cure him, but it could also kill him yeah. or turn him into mega Hulk or something like yeah. that. So it was, yeah, it was really good. And you're totally right. I don't think they would stretch it out for quite as long as they did. That was also the first commercial break, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah. And we had not had a Hulk out up yeah. to that point. So that was daring just in terms of how you break your episode. Like you're going to leave it on a cliffhanger where you're expecting your first Hulk out yeah. and you still don't even get it for a few minutes until after the break because we get interrupted by Donald Blake who inexplicably breaks into the lab with a grappling hook. <laughs> the grappling hook. Which is amazing. effective in the 80s. And by the way, now I'm thinking about it, in the in the movie, he, un, he unfurls the grappling hook mm-hmm. and he tosses it into the air and mm-hmm. it clings to the side. They were at least 15, 20 stories up. Yeah. Did he just do that with his arm? Does he have like the greatest like baseball throwing arm in the world? Or? Well... Oh. I would like to speak to that. Yes, please. What I think is, well, well A, I think it was a cheat. But yeah. what I, if I'm going to actually try and, and justify it. So I actually worked at that building. Um, oh. So that's the 5750 uh, at slash 5700 uh, Wilshire building. Yes. And when I first came out to LA, I was um, working at E! Entertainment Television slash G4 slash, actually slash NBC slash a bunch of stuff. Okay. And that building, is, I was like, oh my God. Where do I know this building from? And it turned oh, it turns out that building was used a lot for Incredible Hulk Returns, but also for a few moments in Demolition Man. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, now we're so talking. every time I went to work, and actually when you first see, I think when you first see Blake, like somebody pulls into a parking lot behind him or mm-hmm. into the underground parking, and I'm like, I used to park there. Oh, so what I was getting at is it's actually kind of tiered. So there there uh-huh. are balconies and stuff. So okay. I'm assuming. He threw it up to one balcony, climbed up, threw it up to the next balcony, I climbed see, up I until see. he got to an open window, went in and scurried into right. it. All those open windows and those giant corporate <laughs> offices, you know, <laughs> they just, oh, whoops, I left it open. Whoopsie daisy. Uh, okay. Well, that at least explains how, how Blake managed to get in there because yeah. that was my only thing after the fact where I was, I was questioning how the hell he did that. Yeah. So, but all good. You know, as you said, it's, it's, we just, it's a leap of faith we take yeah. and it's a suspension of disbelief. And and why why I know he was trying to surprise David Banner because yeah. he had this big secret that he's holding on to, which we'll get into. But the fact that he had to sneak into the lab, he was he was casing out the place. Yeah. He snuck into the lab and then interrupted his experiment like literally four seconds before it was <laughs> yeah. supposed to go and potentially cure the Hulk. Uh, very rude. <laughs> so I was like, why all the subterfuge? Why why go through all that? Why not just go up to Banner and say? Hey, I'm so and so. I mean, I th- I guess he thought he was dead, yeah, and wanted to confirm it was him. But it was a little. It seemed a little weird that that would be the the route he would take. I get it. the The actual physical geographical route that he would take was was weird. Yeah. Um. As well as as how he went about it. I think it does come back to he he's his favorite scientist alive when he's supposed to be dead. Right. Uh, which is his line in the movie. But um, I think it comes down to that. Like he wasn't sure if it was him. He wasn't sure if, if it was him, why was he pretending to be dead? I'm, I'm working a little hard to try and justify that as a kid. I didn't care. I mean, we don't have to care. And I think they were trying to set him up as a bad guy, but I don't think I ever bought him as a bad guy. Cause he looked like a dweeb. He looks like, if Anthony Michael Hall and Ellen had a child together. Yeah, that's pretty Which is on. not intimidating. 
No, it's not. No, it's not. Which puts him in great contrast with the reason he's there, which is Thor. Yes. Over the course of his, basically, uh, backdoor pilot that he inserts into uh, the second act of this show is uh, he climbed, he went up a mountain. He He was was the the team doctor. The team doctor. But every time I heard it, I thought he said teen doctor. So I was like, how old is this guy, Seb? (laughs) Uh, so he was a team doctor on an expedition into some sort of Nordic mountain, mm-hmm. found Thor's, actually was called by Odin, apparently, during yeah. a very crazy storm, and and was drawn to Thor's tomb, where he opened up the tomb for some reason and found Mjolnir, which they never call it Mjolnir. They don't. Over the course of the, mo- of the movie. You don't have to be worthy to pick it up. There's no, none of that. None of that stuff. Now, Donald Blake was the guy in the original Thor comics, so I think that was fun that at least he was a doctor. We never see him doctoring at any point. True. Never never does he treat he a wound. He says he is. But yeah, he, we just take his word on that. Uh, we see him not treat wounds. We see him cause several wounds in <laughs> he the movie. somebody. It was the 80s. <laughs> yeah, it was the 80s. He picks up a machine gun and just blasts a dude at one point. But he uh, found the hammer, and when he just grabs it, uh, I don't know if he said Odin at first, but that's how he calls Thor throughout. He he yells, Odin! And Thor appears. Which I kind of love. Yeah. I do. I mean, it's cheesy, but I kind of love it. Yeah. yeah, the first time he picks it up, he doesn't. It just happens. And it, he actually says that, like, it feels like it's alive, but even if it's alive, I can't let it go. Mm-hmm. Like, it, that, I think, is... To me, that's Odin making it happen. Yeah. And then he learns that he's supposed to be like, shout out Odin and right. Thor will appear. You, so you actually, in terms of storytelling, you do see Thor before you see the Hulk. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's but true. I think that's really smart, too, because if you're watching this show, you probably already know the situation of the Hulk. So when it's like that music is ramping up, you're like, oh, there's going to be a Hulk out. Mm-hmm. And they're like, nope, first you're going to deal with this backdoor pilot, <laughs> right? Thor. Right. But Wait. I love Thor. I think he's a really, as as Donald Blake says, a man, a big man. <laughs> um, when he, One of the funniest lines, I think, in the movie is when he like opens the tomb and they find it necessary for him to say like, Ignoring everything I learned in my crash course on archaeology and what happened to that curious cat. And he like pushes the thing <laughs> right. open and there's just this skeleton uh, with armor and with the hammer. And uh, they obviously tried to make it sort of like he looks like a Viking, like he looks like he could have really existed and stuff. He's just supernatural. But I, as a kid, I really wasn't real familiar with Thor. Mm-hmm. I loved Hulk. I had obviously seen comics with Thor in them, but I wasn't a big Thor guy. Yeah, me neither. So any of the like anything that was off or that was wrong didn't affect me at all. I was I was just like, this is cool. Another character from the comics. Yeah, I didn't know much about him, and that was certainly the thing to do at the time, which actually always drove me crazy. Back in the day, which was you know uh, trying to think like X Men is a perfect example of. They just refused to make it look like they yeah. do in the comic books. Yeah. Uh, like, we had to just be okay that Wolverine at least had his claws <laughs> like they were supposed to look mm-hmm. and his dumb hair the way it was supposed <laughs> to look. And they eventually gave up on the hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, but back in the day, it was just, you know, even reading, like, uh, Frank Miller's uh, comic book version of A Treatment for a Daredevil uh, script, he didn't show up in costume until the last page of that comic. And that would have been the movie of Daredevil wearing nothing but black all black, which is what they ended up doing in the show, which was fucking fantastic. So I can't you know, wait for you to see Trial of the Incredible. Uh, yeah, I know. I know what he looks like. So trust me, I, I know that much. But that was just the thing that they did back then. They didn't. They would yeah. like. They would have never given Thor a cape, for instance. Exactly. Yeah. They would have never had him fly with Mjolnir. Not only 
because of a TV budget, but I think they would have just story wise, they're like, oh, audiences probably won't, yeah, won't drive to that. If so they, if they weren't gonna make Hulk bulletproof and they weren't gonna, you know, then and it's it's so funny because my mom had no knowledge of any comics ever, but she was familiar with the Hulk TV show, and so when the newer movies came out and Hulk was like jumping really far and he was big and he was bulletproof, yeah, she was like, that's not Hulk. Hulk can't, Hulk can't jump. I was like, well, actually, mom, he's got the mile uh, jump in the comics, yeah. and and she was like, but he was talk. Well, actually, he can kind of talk in the comic. You know, like it was, it was more comic accurate. But she had only ever been exposed to the TV right, show, right? So well, she was like, that doesn't make any sense. Did she have any problems with the depiction of Thor played by Chris Hemsworth? <laughs> I don't think so. That was actually closer. I think every. Everyone who was attracted to Chris Hemsworth was fine with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And who's not attracted to Chris Hemsworth? So everyone in the world was fine with it. Uh, But I was going to say, in terms of, like, personality, Thor from Thor 1 and this Thor from this movie were, like, pretty close in terms of how they actually acted. And I that's something I loved about it. I I actually think that the guy who playing Thor, which you knew his name. Eric Kramer. Eric Kramer, who also played Little John in (laughs) Robin Hood Men in Tights, which I love. He was fantastic. I thought he was great. Truly I think he, great. I really loved him, and I was so happy to hear you say that you liked him. He has a pretty great monologue in it, besides the my stomach is twisted around my spine. He's got some pretty great moments in this, yeah. and I think he handles the comedy well. Yeah. Like, I think I think he was really great, um, particularly for this time. Like I feel like, yeah, that dude could have had a show. I think I went into this movie expecting Thor to be the worst part of it, because I always knew Thor's in this it was supposed to be a backdoor pilot that never ended up getting made. And so I thought, oh, well, surely then Thor is going to be the worst part about it and it's going to sink the movie and that's why nobody likes it. Turns out he was fantastic. I think, honestly, the reason the, the show didn't get made is because of Donald Blake was not super compelling. Yeah. And I think Hulk, there's that built-in, the built-in tension of will he Hulk out, will he not? Yeah. And there's also that gravitas, that pathos, as you were saying. And I think that all that was very necessary for that character. And if you're going with uh, Thor, it's kind of had a lot of the similar hallmarks. It's the other guy, as they call him in in the uh, Marvel Universe Mm, MCUs. mm -hmm. But you've got the main guy who's walking, going from town to town to help people. Mm -hmm. And then you've got his alter ego. But his alter ego, he can command at will. Yeah. And that sort of, there's no tension there. Yeah. In fact, I often wonder during this, why does Thor go back. There's only one moment where he actually says, hey, I'm really bored. Yeah. Put me back in the hammer. Yeah. And I think that was just because they ran out of material for Thor for a minute until it was time <laughs> to fight again. So there wasn't that inherent tension of David Banner where it's we're on the edge of our seat every episode wondering like, oh shit, is he going to Hulk out and right. trash this town or whatever? So I think that there's that and there's also the fact that Donald Blake, I, I think casting wise wasn't fantastic. I think they were going too much into the comedy mm-hmm. for him, for Donald Blake. And I think also they gave Thor so much comedy and he handled it so much better. It should have just been a Thor show. It should have mm. just been Thor brought back from Asgard, wandering the streets and being a weirdo man out of time and going from place to place. And there would have been less of the tension because of the lack of, you know, having to transform or whatever. But I think that would have worked though because it's that's a similar thing for Hercules. Like yeah. they did Hercules of Legendary Journeys in the nineties and that was the problem. like you would just go from town to town solving problems. Obviously that had more of a you know, there were monsters and stuff like that. I think the thing with with Blake was they were trying to do that sort of goofy comedy sidekick 
guy, but I think you hit the nail on the head with the hammer Hey-o. that there that tension has gone. I mean, with the Hulk, it, the, in the intro, it talks about the monster within us all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we can all kind of, to some degree, relate to that. With this, he has, Blake has complete control. And there was no reason to put him away because nope. it's not like he was always in the Viking outfit. He would walk into a, he, they walked into a bar oh, at yeah. one time, point and he's wearing a hoodie. The the Jack McGee comes to find David and Thor is like, I'm him, you know, and, and like he's in a bath towel. Like there, nobody, he doesn't look like a monster. No. So nobody would be weirded out by this just tall Nordic looking man who speaks just fine modern day English. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there was, there really isn't that sort of tension of like, Oh, I need to, I, he's only available for X amount of time. The only tension that I can think of is if like somebody steals the hammer or something yeah. like there's just nothing that's like, but you can do that trick like once. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's your, that's your that's season the, finale of season one. That's why I didn't move forward. Yeah, no, I know. And I, yeah, I don't know. I, I was thinking, I was stuck on that the whole time. Like how could we have, adjusted this to make it work and i think you now hit the nail on the head some sort of time limit or something that could have made it where i only have thor you know his energy runs out his energy depletes and then he's got to yeah. go back and then i'm stuck as donald blake or even transforming donald blake into thor which yeah. is what happened in the comic books yeah he would pick up the hammer lightning would hit it and it was basically shazam yeah what shazam is now so if he turned into thor then it's like at least there has to be a balance between donald blake's life and the need for Thor. Then you have the secret identity, but without any of that stuff, I feel like it is just a buddy cop comedy that didn't quite yeah. work. I think when they gave Thor his dramatic speech about being dead and yeah. like not having flesh, but being alive essentially and being in a place of mist and darkness, that guy killed that yeah. monologue. Absolutely killed it. And I, that's when I, I even turned to you, I think right after I was like, man, this guy's fucking great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this like Thor is great in this movie. And I'm kind of disappointed that he's not going to be in the next one. But, and, and when he's fighting and doing all that sort of stuff, he's relishing it so much. And like the huzzah kind of yeah. vibe to it is so much fun that like, I think had it been just Thor or even again, a transformation between the two where there is some sort of tension. I think that really could have been a successful venture. I but, agree. Could have been know. a good series. I think if they did it, because if because since they don't transform, which is the whole thing with uh, Banner and Hulk, is like they're not both in the same place at the same time. Yeah. Once Blake calls on Thor, there's no need for Donald Blake anymore. Yeah. He's just like running around, or as it happens in the end of this movie, he does shoot somebody. Yeah. But beyond that, he like, kills a man. So he kills a man and definitely shoots another. So in cold uh, blood, in, because this man wasn't trying to like murder him or anything. He was, he wasn't just, even paying attention to this guy. No, no. Like, he, he was just like, I'm looking over here, and Blake was like, This looks like a good opportunity to yeah. murder somebody. Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And but, I, like, I mean, think of an episode where even like a season where Blake ends up in a town, he has a woman he's interested in, and then she meets Thor, but she likes Thor. It's a, you know Lois yeah. Lane Clark Kent you know situation. That could have been good stuff. They could have yeah. just stolen from your other favorite superhero. <laughs> and that would have been really fun if they would have done something like that. Even for this yeah. movie, it could have helped. I think the thing too is with this scenario, it would work with a movie as a movie or a TV miniseries maybe because there are certain things where like if Blake was in danger and Thor needs to decide between 
going and fighting or saving Blake. Like there's certain right. things that are like, oh, there could be some development for Thor and things he needs so, to learn yeah. before he can enter Valhalla. And, you know, cause they, they do set it up in this movie that like, oh, there's a certain number of good deeds he needs to do before mm-hmm. he can enter Valhalla. Right. And he needs, he's being punished for the sin of arrogance and he needs to learn humility and all that stuff. Right. And it's like, cool. That'll take you through a couple episodes of like learning, but which is why I'm like, yeah, if you guys would have done like a movie or would have done like, at the time where they were just like now they're like limited series but it would have been a mini series yeah. of Thor and, and Blake then maybe but I think not, not back when they made 25 episodes a, a yeah season. exactly that wasn't even on the table yeah right? that couldn't have happened but that being said we got a, a hell of a movie with Thor he's pretty much the star of the show I yeah. mean I think Bixby is is the star because he's so great but there is a full between two commercials where I don't I think Bixby appears at the very tail end of it it's all Blake and Thor. Yeah. They have a conversation. They go, that's when we get the great monologue from him. They go to the biker bar. They have a full montage. They have like a, their own show basically yeah. for a little while in the middle of the movie. And it's pretty delightful. It's super fun. I mean, I the, like the movie definitely is like, let's pause the Hulk story and just follow these guys. And as a kid, I can't say that I was like, no, no, bring me back, Hulk. I was like, no, oh, this is fun. Like, this yeah. is, and, and you made the joke because I go into a biker bar and it is like all the same guys that are in T2. Yeah. I, I mean, and I think that definitely at that time, seeing these rough biker dudes and stuff and getting into a bar fight, like, that was just sort of like, yeah, it's the 80s. <laughs> yeah, no, there were so many 80s things in this that just delighted me. One, the, the hairstyles, the fashions, ah, pure <laughs> peak 80s goodness. The biker bar, for sure, was like 80s, early 90s thing. Just like classic biker bar with like the biker bimbos and (laughs) the big pitchers of beer. And there's honky tonk. And it's just like perfect. There's also the corporate racquetball game, which was in every 80s movie. That was wonderful where uh, I believe his name was Zach. He's like the – there's the two brothers who own the Gamma whatever who really cares yeah. but he's playing racquetball with basically a mercenary yes why they're on the racquetball court i don't know that's I where think the deals are done that, baby that, that was back in the 80s that is where all the deals were made so we get the uh, classic racquetball scene and then obviously like all the old buicks and things were great. yes i love those old cars you know when i draw comics i still draw cars that way oh absolutely i'm like setting comics in 2023 and it's still like 80s and 90s cars yeah. big blocky cars yeah, big brick shit houses <laughs> no uh because also modern cars are so slick they're very hard to draw that's true they're I very prefer, hard to draw i indeed. prefer the angles of the <laughs> yeah, old cars yeah uh in fact i was looking through penguins versus possums the other day <laughs> and i did see one exactly what you're talking about just yeah. a big old blocky ass <laughs> like uh, Oldsmobile, yeah, <laughs> something or other. When cars were cars, yeah, ain't that the truth? And uh, but yeah, and then obviously like we had our typical '80s goons. Yeah, we had just like random like mercs with machine guns. I guarantee. We had oh yeah, we had like weird Cajun like the bad guys were Cajun for some reason or hey, one of them. You just as Cajun as me, man. Yeah, <laughs> and they were all like these character actors you've seen in a million things before. It was it was like really a time capsule for sure. Movie. It was great. The guy, the main bad guy, LeBeau. Uh, LeBeau, he, not to be confused with Remy LeBeau, a.k.a. Gambit from ex- the X-Men. Oh, what if that was another they were trying? To, oh, no, he was not at all that guy. But, but yeah, he was but, Cajun. But he was Cajun, and his last name was LeBeau. Oh Maybe it's just God. lazy writing, and that's what Chris Claremont also was just <laughs> lazy. 
Possibly. We'll never know now. We won't. I think Gambit came out in 87, 88, somewhere in there. So uh, around the same time. Maybe it was just like a hive mind situation going maybe. on in the Marvel offices. Who knows? Parallel thinking. Maybe do we think that Chris Claremont did like a pass on the script? It's very possible. This was produced by New World Pictures, I think, or New World Entertainment, which I believe at the time owned, owned Marvel, Marvel yeah. and uh, definitely put out all their all their media. Yeah. Because a lot of the old cartoons from that time, I believe Pride of the X-Men was underneath this. Oh, uh, wow. Pride of the X-Men, which, by the way, one of my favorite pieces of media ever <laughs> is Pride of the fucking X-Men. So good. Uh, you want to talk about something that I, I found on video and I watched the shit out of it. Really? And I own that video. It was like a 20-minute tape. I owned it uh, up until just a few years ago when I realized... I will never own a VCR again in my life, so I finally, you know, donated it or something. We still have a VCR. Really? Yeah. It's one of those uh, hybrid VCR DVD players, and we've kept it because we have um, – my wife has – my wife. My wife. Has uh, a bunch of m- movies on VHS. Oh. And so we were like, well, let's keep it. We can keep it in the bedroom if we ever want to watch these. But I always even like forget that we have it. Because home movies or, like, Terms of Endearment? No, they're like, well, they're Marilyn Monroe movies. And so, oh, is it stuff I don't know that's if, not readily available? I think so. Got it. Okay. But now, but I kind of wish I would have kept all my old Van Damme movies, but it's like, it's so easy to put a Blu ray or a DVD in, like, <clears throat> or just fucking stream it or as, stream as it. we did the Return of the Incredible Hulk today, where I yeah. found it in five seconds on Amazon Prime for $3 to rent. After I had driven back home after heading over here because <laughs> I, I forgot the DVD, I own it. Yes, I do. Uh, and oh, yeah. so I was excited to play my copy of The Incredible Hulk Returns. And I realized I forgot it. I drove all the way back home. And as we mentioned, yeah. I have recently moved, so it was chaos. And John was like, texted me and goes, "Why don't I just buy it? We'll stream it." And I was <laughs> it's like, "Totally fine." Oh, well, I'm glad that you guys still own a VCR. My best friend Darren still owns a VCR, partially because he had the same VCR that he got as a high school graduation gift. It was a dual deck VCR, nice. so we we would use it to edit things back in college before we had like proper editing tools. Uh, we would act, edit all of our backyard wrestling on it, and that thing survived for no shit like thirty years. Wow! And it finally died, and I, as a Chris or a birthday or Christmas gift, got him a brand new VCR DVD combo. <laughs> so we, but because we have a ton of old like wrestling videos that we did, and like things that we literally only have on VHS, so yeah. there's no other way to watch it. Yeah. So we have a bunch of those. So we we enjoyed we partook in some good stuff over the holidays, um, remembering a lot of a lot of reminiscing, and. Uh, just as far as like VHS goes, I would kill to have my old collection of James Bond VHS oh. tapes. Because I had, I think, everyone through all the Conneries all the way to, I want to say, The World Is Not Enough. Like, wow. all, like halfway wow. through the broad. And at the time, that was the most recent movie. I think yeah. I had every single one of them. Wow. And I bought them piecemeal. I didn't buy them as a, a yeah. in bulk or anything like that. Yeah. I bought them individually. So. You did it the right way. Yeah. And I also <laughs> had a huge set of WrestleMania, I think, uh, of WrestleMania VHS tapes. So I think I had all the WrestleManias from 1 to like 12 or 13, something like that. Lost. I miss that stuff. Lost. Oh, oh. Take- and let me just say, I think I have them on DVD somewhere. But the original pre-special edition VHS uh, of, of Star Wars, which I do have some random DVDs that I believe have the untouched cuts oh, on wow. them. And Lindsay, we were selling a lot of our DVDs at one point, just downsizing at one point, and she was like, "Oh wow, we can get like fifty bucks a piece for these. Let's let's sell them." And I said, "Absolutely not." <laughs> 
Because they are never going to release the original cuts, ever. She was tempted by the dark side. She was, and I was there to... I showed up in a, as a blue ghost, and I said, <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it, Lindsay. Certain point of view. So back to the movie. Oh, right. We, we did watch a movie today. That's, I forgot. Hulk does all the Hulk things, which is yes. great. Like, as I mentioned before, he busts through a wall. Well, he busts through a door. He knocks the door down. He knocks the door down, yes. He not only bends a gun... The main bad yeah. guy has a, like, revolver, and he bends that. But then he also, the rest of the bad guys got, dist- they got killed. Yeah. they One guy got, the, the Mjolnir hit the front of his car, and his car flipped, so I'm assuming he's dead. A bunch of them got shot by Donald Blake. And the main bad guy, who actually was their leader, Hulk just takes a piece of metal and wraps it around him and hangs him. And hangs him up by the waist, not yeah, not, not by, by the neck. his neck, yeah. not by his neck. That would have been cool though. <laughs> uh, and he does, yeah, he did a shitload, a lot of throwing guys, a lot of throwing, a lot of slow mo running, a lot of jumping. I actually noticed in this movie, they give the impression that he's jumping. So like, they'll show him kind of hunch, and then they'll do another angle, and yeah. he's landing. I guess it was just uh, even in the sand. I guess Ferrigno was just like, how about if I just jump an inch and uh, yeah, you cut it together. Yeah. And they were like, works for us, big guy. I have a feeling Ferrigno made some demands this time <laughs> around. Because he, like, he, his workload was pretty light. He had, I also had read that he had a different wig in this than in the in the TV show. Mm-hmm. Because his hearing had deteriorated and, and uh, he had a, it was to cover his hearing aid. Oh, um, interesting. But I, you take it with a grain of salt. I found it on the internet. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's not. It like is a different wig, though. It is for sure. Yeah, because the original wig was like a Rod Stewart looking yes. thing all right yeah. like spiky and uh, this was like a mulleter version of it yeah i didn't mind it i liked it i liked it man. I, I think it's i like it i prefer it to the spiky yeah the spiky one never made sense to me i liked his look in this one he was just like huge and Dude. i mean he was so big his pecs were hanging over and rubbing the green paint off of yeah his there was one point yeah his uh yeah his ribs were looking a little uh white yeah Every single time it would show any angle of him, I was like, God damn, that guy is big. <laughs> and this is a time when not everyone was super buff. Yeah. For like, now all the, obviously all the superheroes are insanely ripped. And I mean, Creed, like, like there's just oh, yeah. so many, there's, there's such this, like, everybody needs to be as shredded as possible yeah. and bulked out as possible. And this was a time when most people weren't, like even heroes were not that buff. I mean, this is also a time of like, like you think about Seagal and Chuck Norris and stuff yeah. like it was pretty normal looking dudes. Yeah. And Ferrigno just looks like a monster. My God. Like, I, was this like era, maybe he had stopped competing in uh, competitive bodybuilding, but was he ever Mr. Universe? I assume he was at some point. Yeah, I think he was. Was this like post Mr. Universe? Was he still competing? Because he fucking should have. I know that there was, I know he that there was a slept. time when he like, I think he went away and then he came back in his 40s mm-hmm. and was just absolutely shredded and incredible looking. Yeah. But I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know sort of what his timeline is right, and when all right. this stuff happened. Well, let me tell you what. I've seen him. We've both seen him at conventions and yeah. stuff. I'm actually shocked that you never tried to get It costs money. That's why. Yeah, but like 40 bucks to get a picture with Lou Ferrigno, that's pretty rad. It is super rad and totally worth it, Lou. But I just, until recently... 
until things started going well for us. Oh yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I was not a. I did not have a lot of cash in my pocket. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe next convention though. I mean, yeah, if we ever find our way <laughs> back to the convention circuit, then absolutely. Dude is still big though. Like, oh my he, god, yeah, he's like 72, 71, something like that. Yeah, because I feel like Arnold is finally starting to to deflate a little bit. Obviously, he keeps it tight, but I think that Ferrigno just is still has the mass that yeah. Arnold doesn't quite have as much anymore. Stallone's he's keeping it real for both of them. He's bigger than ever. Yeah, uh, even though he's in his seventies now, he looks insane uh, yeah. for an old guy. But I recently saw Lou Ferrigno in the Paramount Plus show The Offer. Oh, remember the guy at the beginning of The Godfather who's chanting like kind of a, has a mantra of like, "Thank you for on oh, the day of your yeah, daughter's yeah, wedding. Yeah. Thank you for seeing me." He plays that guy oh, who wow. I don't know if it's real, but in the show he was like a, a a mafia heavy, and because the the show the the movie was so intertwined with the mafia, they just used him as a character in the movie. Oh, they just like wrote him into it, but. He's in. He's in about every episode, and I was delighted every single time he would That's waltz awesome. onto the screen. And he didn't have a lot of lines, but the few lines he did have, he was great. He played, uh, yeah, Luca, Luca something. I forget the name of the character in The Godfather, but anyway, watch, uh, watch The Offer on Paramount Plus. It's quite good. <laughs> so it's a really fun time, and it made me and Lindsay watch The Godfather for the first time in a long time. Oh, I thought you were gonna say for the first time. No, 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 in a long. But I'd only seen it like once or twice, maybe, Luca maybe Brasi. just once. Luca Grassi, that's yeah. it. Uh, man, that movie's fucking good. Oh I, my god, it's like the Godfather of movies. <laughs> it's like the, this guy. Uh, so, what else do we love about this thing? I mean, like, besides all of it, truly, there was no point where I was bored. Uh, well, sorry. Oh boy, you look like you had some. The the guy, what's the name of the character who's the reporter following him? Jack McGee. I wasn't loving Jack McGee. Oh. He, he didn't add up to much, and he's very unattractive. <laughs> so, Jack McGee, I could have lost. I loved seeing him. This was the last one that he did. Um, oh, really? Yeah, okay. he's not in any of the other movies. Well, he got fired from his job at the end, so That's he finally true. gave That's it up. That's true. But it had more to do with his personal life and his sickness. Oh. Okay, well, now I'm the asshole. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but no, he. I actually loved seeing him because he hearkened back to the original series. I yeah, mean, that was the yeah. guy that was chasing him the entire time. That's the guy who in the opening, he says, don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me. When now, I'm question, angry. is that like from the pilot? I think that is from the first. Or the TV movie that started everything? Yes. yes. Okay. Wow. I believe so. I believe that was from the first one because I think that's the building that blows up behind him. Which they use that full opening at the beginning of this movie to, to introduce everything because it is a very well done intro, a very succinct uh, retelling yeah. of the, the whole story. However, the film quality of it was real janky. Like <laughs> that had been sitting collecting dust somewhere. It was very scratchy for, uh, for in the like intervening years between the show and the movie. Uh, but I was very relieved once it started up, and it look it looks even the, just the quality of the film yeah. looks so eighties. Yeah. Ah, oh, I was loving it. It All was right. gorgeous. Speaking, speaking of eighties, yeah, we got to talk about that score. Oh my god, I love it. It actually rewatching it with you, and there's something about being um, a communal experience or yeah. at least a shared experience where, like, I've seen this movie a million times um, as a kid, but also I've watched it many times as an adult, and I've always loved the music. But there was something about like sitting there, knowing you had never seen it, mm -hmm. and like sitting there, and that music is so effective at like ramping up the tension, oh, yeah. and like something's coming, something's coming, Oh yeah, and experiencing it with you made me go, I need to get this soundtrack, like I need this in my life, it like was it was just so energizing. So 
fucking good. It was very reminiscent to me of Vince DiCola, Rocky Four slash Transformers the movie, which <laughs> our second episode was a Transformers the movie soundtrack. So obviously I'm I this is my kink anyway. Yeah. yeah. So it got me. It yeah. got me. And and yes, to your point, it ramps things up in a way that would not have been done just based on the footage because you're watching the footage and especially again we discussed going into that first commercial break is the build up the countdown yeah. of him possibly curing himself using this ray or what's going to happen and we're cutting from a shot of the aforementioned tape recorder where mm-hmm. he was recording about his research yeah. saying where it is which I thought that was like setting something up that was going to come back but it never did come back and then the countdown clock him sitting there the and it was basically just the same four shots yeah. going back and forth and i think normally without an epic ass score that could have been less effective but For sure. holy shit i was on the edge of my seat because of that fucking score it was yeah. so epic whoever did that score we should look up their name yeah went hard they did not have to go that hard but they did they did and and, and we spoke so much about how effective bill bixby was in that moment and that's mm-hmm. one that's one of my favorite scenes um but that music does so much for oh, that yeah. scene. I mean, it ramps it up. It, it just gets your expectations of like, oh my God, oh my God, this is like, there's a countdown going. Oh, yeah. You hear the countdown in the music. Like you hear it like, yeah. it's just like ramping up and like, oh my God, the you see the numbers clicking down, you feel the music ramping up and it's just like all going to crescendo and then you get your commercial break. Yeah, yeah. And it's all synth. They said, we just need like one synthesizer and every drum you got. Because a <laughs> lot of drums and a lot of synth. And I love that combo. It, it was, really works. I really, truly loved it. And to have like some of those themes in there. like Again, it all speaks to, I think, the great storytelling. of, And that's another thing they would just... I had to go back to this, but like, that's just not something they do now. Like Now it's like, no, no. we need him in the costume right at the beginning. Yeah. No, we need him to transform immediately. Yeah. No, we need it to happen immediately. And there's something to that, but like I appreciate that they let it build to this moment of yeah. like because then you just are like give me the Hulk, give me the Hulk. I yeah. want to see it, you know. I-, I obviously love modern superhero movies. I think Same. The fact that I grew up with this stuff and like I couldn't have imagined when I was 12, oh my God. everybody in the world knowing who Thanos is. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Everyone's about to know who fucking Kang the Conqueror is. Yeah. That's wild to me uh so i'm very appreciative of it but i do think that a lot of our superhero cinema being that it's it's sort of a its own mini series or maxi series it's been going on for 15 years now i think that there's this familiarity with all these characters and they just expect you to the audience to just jump right in so typically to your point yes we got to have them transform immediately even if it's a new character typically they're transforming they're looking like they're supposed to very quickly yeah in the series or the movie. And uh, I miss, I do miss the slow burn. I miss the building up to that reveal. Like imagine if in Indiana Jones in the first, instead of it being that quiet shot of him looking up, you know, the silhouette of the hat first yeah. and, and the build up to that moment. Imagine if it just started and we're in a temple and the bowls, the boulders rolling after him. Yeah. It, it just wouldn't be as effective. And I kind of missed that, that first step. Yeah. And I think that that's something that I think, unfortunately, the way movies are made now, that's just what it is. I, yeah. Unfortunately, like when you're when you're making stories at a certain level, if you're doing anything genre wise, you have to explain it in its entirety in the first five minutes, or else executives think people will stop paying attention. Yeah, and I think having which is unfortunate having limited experience with this, certainly with streamers, even though it's a movie, the streamers still act as basically a form of television. So yeah. like. Unlike if you go into a 
movie in a theater and you're like oh i'm here now you're sitting in your on your couch and you're like if it doesn't grab you this is their thinking anyway if it doesn't grab you immediately they're going to turn it off and go to the next thing and i guess that is like it's kind of what you're saying like when we were growing up there were not all these choices there were not all of the superhero fanfare obviously that there is now um and it's it's wonderful to have it now but it is sort of it it, i guess kind of creates its own problems as well same thing with like i remember growing up and and being like oh i wish i maybe didn't have to go to a video store i could just have everything right here i had my own library on my t and it's like we have it now and now i kind of miss going to a video store you know so it's like oh yeah it it it's that sort of monkey's paw of like i got what i wanted but did i want it yeah Agreed. Agreed. But for movies, I think like they should be willing to give it a little bit more time. I think. Yeah, that's how you get invested. Ex- and and if you're if you're sitting in a movie, like you're there, like you already yeah. bought the ticket, so it's it's a different situation. I get the streamer thing. Yeah, that somebody's gonna click it off if you yeah. don't get them in the first two minutes. So. Well, but I mean, obviously, this is a this is slight tangent, but like the last couple of years people also don't know where stuff's going to end up certainly yeah, during the pandemic true. they didn't know if it was going to be streamer if it was going to be in the movie theater they didn't not you know etc and this bringing it back to the hulk like this is a made for tv movie which was super popular at the time yeah and that's sort of like i don't know if now people really understand like what a made for tv movie <laughs> you know what i mean like I, it's just certain things don't exist anymore. i mean look at netflix technically as you said that is tv ultimately yeah. So their entire slate, of which they probably spend $500 million a year, however, probably more, is all made for TV movies, yeah. which is so weird. Yeah, it's weird. Now it's just giant filmmakers like, uh, you know, recently Glass Onion, uh, yeah. the Knives Out sequel, and they're making another one, came out on Netflix, and it's so strange to me. Like, that watching that movie on TV was so weird because the scope of it was great. Like, these top-notch actors, including Edward Norton, a former Hulk himself. Brought it all back. Oh, Yeah. But it just does, it, this is maybe you know we're both obviously in the industry so maybe these are complaints that we inside have about baseball. the industry. This is a little inside baseball, but it was so odd to me that they would just toss it on Netflix, and yeah. I don't understand why Netflix hasn't figured out that you can make money by putting movies in the theater. I think it came out in a limited run for a week. Yeah, Glass Onion did. It made like fifteen million bucks. Have they actually gone wide? They could have made a hundred million dollars, five hundred million dollars. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, so it's just perplexing to me. I how, do. How... They would have made one hundred and twenty-one million dollars. Oh, great! Yeah, and welcome. that's domestic. How how would they have done worldwide? Oh, better. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. at least one hundred twenty-two million dollars. At, at least at, ver- at bare minimum. At best, one twenty-three. Yeah, <laughs> but very small window for the uh, <laughs> for the the worldwide grosses. But anyway, this is all stuff that you know a million think pieces have been talk- have been written yeah. about. And... But ours is the definitive. Yeah, of course, ours obviously. is incredible so obviously we've talked a lot about the movie oh we haven't really talked about uh david banner's girlfriend whose name is maggie shaw maggie shaw Um, dr margaret shaw i wish i mean she ultimately gets damseled but i wish she would have been in it more i think actually even though she played a pretty thankless girlfriend role in it i think that like there was something compelling about her i I liked her performance wise she was good she as i mentioned very early in it she reminded me very much of like molly ringwald looks wise and I think that there could have been more there if they had more time. Yeah. Basically, if they didn't have to wedge an entire Thor yeah. show into the movie, I think there could have been more Maggie Shaw time, which I would have been down for. Usually, that kind of role I'm not all that interested in because it is is so underserved and underwritten. But 
I feel like there was maybe it was just her performance elevated it. I thought she was good. I really liked her performance. I also liked kind of what they were. Uh, I, I mean, it went over my head as a kid, but I, what they were writing for her of like she was a uh, a widow mm-hmm. and she was trying to talk to him about like coping with painful things from your past and how her way was like by letting go and he's like maggie that's when i was doing that maggie some things you can't just let go oh yeah that's the first the first wrist Um, flick of the the (laughs) viewing experience but i agree i think it was a really interesting relationship and he had not had a hulk out i think they said for two years yeah he'd been working at the lambert institute for almost two years so obviously he knew her in that time i think it's a really interesting relationship yeah and certainly it was something that he was willing to throw away his entire you know experiment and his cure basically to make sure he could save her and it didn't fall into the wrong hands while he was saving her etc so i agree i think there was something really cool about her and really compelling about her and yeah if they didn't have to have a second movie happening within this movie they probably could have given her more time but i thought she was great with what she did yeah totally she was also a scientist she worked at the as you mentioned she worked at the same lab and in biotech of some kind yeah uh so she was a biologist and yeah, I think there was there, and like you said, she was a young widow, and I think that there was a lot of cool stuff, potentially. And I think that, like again, giving Bixby more room to perform scenes with just another person. Yeah. Because a lot of his dialogue is with either Donald Blake, which is exposition to set up the Thor show that didn't happen, yeah. or it's with Thor himself. Which I think he had a fun relationship with Thor because yeah. I think he liked Thor. You can see a glimmer in his eye when he's when he's doing scenes with Thor. Yeah, like he is amused. Yeah, and I think that like Bixby himself was kind of delighted by it. And I'm sure when they made this movie, it was a passing of the torch because they probably thought, oh, this will be our next Hulk, and then yeah, he he probably took a nice payday for this, and then he'd be go off into that good night and go do more theater and stop doing Hulk stuff. But had, obviously, you know, they, he thought he was out and they kept bringing him back a couple had, more times. He had been doing, um, he had been directing at that point, been directing a lot of stuff. I know he had a really intense personal life as well and was going through oh, really? a lot of stuff and a lot of loss in his own personal life, which probably, you know, lends to the sort of gravitas that he had in the, in the role. Yeah. But I know in the in one interview I saw where he was talking about like, oh, we're going to do a series of movies, different superhero in each movie. I don't know when in the process that was, but certainly in terms of passing of the torch, the last shot of Hulk and Thor together, they're running side by side in slow motion. And that absolutely feels like a passing of the torch yeah. moment. And you, I feel like you can even see it on Eric Kramer who plays Thor. I feel like you can even see it on his face of like, this is my moment. Like I'm yeah. getting the torch and here I go. Yeah. And it was a really cool, I kind of, I mean, I do wish it would have happened because it was just a cool setup of like, they're running side by side and it was that passing of the baton. Like, okay, now you go and do your thing and just didn't, as things happened, it didn't work out. Yeah. And I think also just to go back to the Thor and why it didn't succeed, I think also his exit in this movie was a little wonky. One, uh, (laughs) the character Donald Blake says, oh, I don't like long goodbyes but then proceeds to have the longest goodbye he's exercising on his porch and he's like okay i'm leaving and then they are seated together talk having a chat in a different outfit and then he's like okay i'm leaving and then finally he has a scene where he actually gets in the car and drives away so the that longest was goodbye. the longest goodbye but i think the last time we see thor he's chase he's i say chasing a woman he's following a woman trying to meet a woman on the beach mm-hmm. uh like the most like perfect 80s babe yeah like as you would imagine in your head like a magazine babe right and i'm using that word very specifically it's a very specifically 80s term of like she is a 80s she's a babe she's on the beach a woman running on the beach in a in a one piece for some reason and 
he he's he, an eighties macho bro. Like he's an yeah. eighties total like Stud. that's what you're if you think of like Muscle Beach or whatever, like the romance covers of the time, like that's the guy. Yeah, he's basically I mean Fabio before Fabio. Yeah. Or maybe around the time of Fabio. But I think that if I think that had they exited Thor in a better way, because I think it was he goes after the babe and then we cut to Blake and Banner sitting together just chit chatting and the long goodbye. <laughs> And then Thor just comes up and says, all right, we're out of here. And he goes back into the hammer. Like, could they not have given him, like, a something they had to go do? Like, oh, yeah. shit, my hometown needs help. Oh, yeah. Like, like oh, I, I feel there are trolls in, you know, yeah. New Jersey or whatever. Like, give them something they got to go do. Give them a mission, not, well, I guess we got to check off the checklist of good deeds so you can get into Valhalla. Yeah. Later, Banner. Peace. Yeah, Thanks. you're right. Thanks for everything. You know, I think I think had they had like a mission, it might have been a little bit more thrilling. Yeah. And honestly, like instead of leaving with Donald Blake just getting into a car and driving away, like I could we not have, yeah. could we not have gotten Thor being the one leaving in some way? Uh, but I guess Donald Blake was going to be the anchor of the show anyway. Uh, yeah. This is all just saying that I wish they I I'm I'm mourning a show that never existed because <laughs> I really think that that Hulk sh- or that Thor show would have been a lot of fun and that probably would have caught me. I didn't watch a lot of TV as a kid. Other than Saturday morning cartoons and stuff, but had a Thor show with Eric Kramer been on after you know X Men or whatever, which is usually the Hulk slot was right after the mm. Fox Saturday morning, right after Soul Train, obviously. <laughs> but uh, had there been a Thor show, I think I would have probably dug it. I, I, you know, who knows? With Eric Kramer, I can guarantee you would have dug it, and oh, so yeah. would have the world. Oh, absolutely. But unfortunately, we didn't get that. But what we did get was a hell of an adventure, a hell of a romp. Exactly. I mean, I think that if we're looking at, you know, the sort of great side of, of all of this, that show didn't happen. These shows don't happen all the time. There's no. there's still oh, yeah. backdoor pilots that don't happen. Oh, yeah. And Supernatural, which I worked on for six years, had two, neither of which went. And both of which set up a lot of like, oh, my God, big, scary things are happening. Never talked about again. Yeah. And that's I mean, that's I mean, I guess to your point of like, it probably would have been more fun. Or, or more compelling and exciting of like, I need to tune in if they were like, oh, we got to go. There's something happening in the next town over, you know, and it was like there was a reason for them to get out of there quickly rather than just, well, I guess we're done here. Let's go. Yep. But even with that, sometimes stuff doesn't happen. It just yeah, does. True. It just falls apart for whatever reason. But for one brief moment, Eric Kramer and I don't know the other guy's name that played Donald Blake. Yeah. But these guys got to do this really fun thing tied into the Incredible Hulk legacy they got to, got to play Thor. People still, you know, in memes and everything, like reference that Hulk and Thor from yeah. back in the time. And it, how amazing must that have been? I'm sure it was crushing for the for the show to not go on. But what an a, incredible adventure! I'm sure they had while shooting it, and they've given us this gift of like certainly when I was you know a kid watching it of like wow this is amazing yeah and there was just not other stuff out there so I you know as I mentioned like I watch it over and over again but I loved it I really enjoyed it so much and obviously we'll get to Trial of the Incredible Hulk but I was kind of like I didn't know at the time there was going to be a different movie with a different superhero so I was like oh I hope I get to see more of Thor I hope yeah. I get to see more of even Dr. Shaw and of McGee and like all these characters at, that were new for this movie. They weren't even characters. Well, McGee was, but like the other characters weren't even in the original series. So yeah. like they set up all these characters and then said goodbye to them. And that's sort of like, that's movies, baby, I guess. Like you yeah. fall for these characters and then it's over. Hopefully there's a life after that for these characters, but sometimes there's not. And it's just this fleeting, beautiful yeah. thing. 
Well, I guess I'll say this. Leave him wanting more. Leave him wanting more. You know? But this has been a lot of fun to talk about this movie, and I think we truly did gush about it. And uh, again, I came into this without any kind of expectations, maybe expecting it to be boring because a lot of these older shows and movies yeah. tend to be a little boring. Was not bored for even a second of it. It was such a blast, such a fun time watching it. Obviously, all of your little embellishments off to the side, retellings <laughs> and doing hand flicks and whatnot definitely enhance the experience. I definitely recommend anybody to watch it with Sebastian. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just it adds to the experience but what a what a good time and man i tell you what i'm excited for the trial of the incredible hulk we got hulk we got daredevil we got bixby back baby yeah baby. Uh, i'm assuming we don't see shaw again but you know what no oh man well, spoiler no ah bummer he left her and that perfect little golden retriever behind yep. he's gone boy he's gone he's gone <laughs> she'll be fine she's gonna meet somebody new she'll rebound she'll bounce back yeah but She'll be thinking about him a lot. Yeah, she'll always love him. And we will always love coming <laughs> back to Here's Why It's Great. It's been uh, such a blast recording awesome with you again. Back. And we hope to do more. Yes. Uh, like I said, we're doing a trial. the trials next. And yeah. then, sadly, the death of Incredible Hulk yeah. comes after that. That's right. So that's the saddest of them all. I, but still great. I would imagine so. I mean, I guess since he's not bulletproof, the death of the Incredible Hulk, someone pulls out a gun and just shoots him in the face. They shoot him with it's, ten darts. <laughs> he's like, and he's like that's too much <laughs> hulk can't take it uh okay well i guess well we i guess we don't have to cover that one now you pretty much just reenacted spoiler. the whole thing dang spoiler alert well guys thank you so much for listening we're on twitter and instagram i guess uh but let's be honest i, I can't remember the passwords so uh it's we'll, been a while it's been we're a minute happy to be back if i figure out the passwords i'll probably maybe post a thing or two but uh, whatever the case, just come back here. We're going to be doing monthly, I think, for the year of 2023. Yeah. So we'll see you next month for The Trial of the Incredible Hulk. See you then. See ya. See ya.